We are back on the air for the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. My name, Matthew McGreevy, the Denver Pioneers. Ten games underway the first half of the year. Checked off in the NCHC pod and what remains is a 14-game set that has been trimmed even from there. Schedule changes this week for the NCHC, but we'll get all into that. My name again, Matthew McGreevy, joined alongside the head coach, David Carl, Campus Lounge, located at 701 South University Boulevard, Denver, Colorado, 80209, just up the road from the Ritchie Center. So the Pioneers 3-6-1 out of the first 10 games in the NCHC pod, and now uh, you've had a little bit of a break between games, which it, it felt like there was none of that in the pod. But now uh, a week, maybe a week and a half, two weeks here to reset, looking uh, at, at the next game being against Colorado College here on Friday, Saturday. So, D.C., how's, how's been the, the time off and, and how have you and the staff used it? Yeah, I think it's been helpful and, um, you know, it's a little bit necessary, obviously. I think the pod was... Uh, it was a grind, not only for us, but everybody. I mean, a, 10 games and that many nights was a challenge. And uh, clearly for us, we, we learned a lot. It, it didn't go results-wise as we had planned or wanted in any way. And so um, we're a little bit back to the drawing board of trying to reset and, and refocus on what we think is going to give us success here in the second half. And you made mention of it already, but... We were initially going to have 16 games in the second half, and now that's down to 14, which closes our our window uh, to get ourselves out of this hole even more. So the level of urgency um, really is to a high level right from the get-go here this weekend in a rivalry weekend against a, a much-improved Colorado College team. So we're going to have our hands full and uh, playing the same team four times in a row here the next two weekends. Um, getting ready for Friday night. We're excited to be back in a regular work week to, like I say, reset and refocus and um, thankful for the opportunity to get back after it uh, starting this weekend. I know there's no way, and you just said that you weren't happy with the results, and of course you're not because 3-6-1, and one, who's, who's going to be happy with that? But you look at the games, six out of the ten were against teams that are inside the top six in the poll right now and have been that way for a few weeks. North Dakota third, Minnesota Duluth fourth, St. Cloud sixth. You played them twice each time uh, in the pod, twice a time in the pod. Uh, four of those six games, one goal games, and then St. Cloud, the last game, was basically a one-goal game, except the empty netter tacked on, made it a two-goal game at the end. Uh, do you look at that, and are you are you thankful at all that you had that competition, or now that you look at even your, your set of remaining regular season games that has already been trimmed, uh, does it just put even more pressure on? Does it Do you lose the bit of the, I'm happy that we played these top teams? Yeah, um, you know, I it is good to play top teams, and I think that that's, that's our league, um, certainly. Uh, and to be in the games, I think it's something, you know, it's a moral victory, but um, on a shortened year, moral victories don't mean much. And so we need to find a way to, to hunker down and, and focus on our process um, to give ourselves an opportunity to have um, the results that we want. And in a lot of those games, you could point to one thing in our process or one mental error that we felt like we um, shot ourselves in the foot uh, that resulted in, in us finding a way to lose the game. And right now we're, or I shouldn't say right now, but in the pod, we we were finding ways um, to lose those one goal games and we need to find a way to win those games. And that's, that's what I think the week has been about. Um, have an off here to, to be able to reset and refocus and um, reset, like I say, as we go into a, a big weekend here against CC. 
listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy. The Pioneers getting set for games 11 and 12 in the first outside the NCHC pod this weekend with a home-and-home series at Colorado College on Friday and then at home against Colorado College on Saturday, both games at 7.07 on ESPN Denver. And interestingly enough, looking a little further on the schedule, Denver will take on Colorado College the following weekend as well. You talk about the the parts of your game, and maybe you shot yourself on the foot a little bit in certain areas, and then there are other areas where you performed well. I think the special teams is, is probably uh, a good place to look that shows both sides of that coin because your power play operating around 24% had moments where it was extremely good, took over games. You scored four uh, in four different games, you scored two power play goals in that game. Your penalty kill, conversely, 25 for 34, hovering around 73%, surely something that, that you would like to make some improvements upon. And, and face-offs has been mentioned in that category as well. So uh, how, how much uh, emphasis have you put on the, the special teams units, and I guess in particular the penalty kill, uh, to get that situated for the second half of the year? Yeah, I mean, we're going to... Uh... We're going to try a little bit different personnel, trying to work some people in in practice that uh, we think might be able to add a spark to it. And um, certainly the the kill was not uh, up to our standard. And I mean, typically we're, you know, anywhere from 84 to uh, seems like 82, probably to 85 percent in a given year. And um, again, small sample size, we're 10 games in. Um, but it, it certainly needed to be better in the pod to give us an opportunity um, to have a little bit more success. I thought our power play um, was excellent for the most part. Like you made mention, I think it scored 10 goals in the pod, um, was really dynamic in a few games. And, um, you know, an exciting part, I think, about that is, you know, we didn't have Bobby Brink for seven of the 10 games, um, a player who we believe makes our power play even more dynamic. So, um I think there's room to grow in in both areas, and I think for us to get out of this hole, both are going to have to be excellent for for us to start getting the results that we desire. I've always wondered this. How hard is it to work on the penalty kill? Uh, I know you have a power play unit that obviously has performed really well. We've talked about that, and individuals that have performed well as well. Uh, Carter Savoy tied for fourth in the NCAA today with seven power play points. Um, for those goals, uh, Cole Gutman, five power play points on the year. So you have guys that obviously can challenge your penalty kill unit when working on that, but you also have guys that have a clear vision of what you're trying to work on already. Mm-hmm. Is that a is that a specific part of the game that's harder than any others or is that just the fact of what it is and yeah question. yeah the pk um you know it's funny you talk to guys at the pro level and they really don't work on the pk all that much it seems it's, it's a lot of video it's teaching off of that you're not changing too much from opponent to opponent maybe a stick position here or there an angle here or there um at our level and um obviously that's that's what it was in the pod we didn't work on our penalty kill at all in the pod uh, because of the limited practice time and um, in your cognizant of of blocking shots things like that in practice and your practices are much shorter and so you're trying to do more through video and teaching that way and um, you know getting into it like I say a full week of practice we typically will work on our penalty kill at least once this week we plan on doing it twice we worked on it today um, doing our face-offs and our forecheck and then uh, Thursday we'll likely work in our end zone and maybe touch up on one of those other two areas as well. So um, 
you know, kids at this level, I, I think they, they benefit from the repetition of the practice structure that the college provides. And um, I think you saw we weren't the only team in the pod that, that struggled on the kill. I mean, there was I think there might have been two that were above 80 percent and it seemed like everyone else was in the 70s. So power plays were clicking early. It's something we also saw in the NHL bubble. Um, to start the playoffs there, you saw power plays winning teams games, and um, we probably put a, a maybe too much of an emphasis on our power play, not enough on our kill going into the pod, um, you know, and, and obviously one was pretty good and the other one was, was just average to, and below average, to be honest. So um, it's something that needs to be addressed. We are addressing with video and, and repetition now in practice. The other thing that was consistent across multiple teams, not just Denver in the pod, was the oddity of the amount of too many men on the ice penalties yeah. that were called. What do you attribute that to? Um, it's a good question because, you know, you didn't see that. You know, we our best indicator of what would maybe happen in our pod was the NHL bubble. And I did feel like the NHL bubble early on, there was a lot of stick penalties that were called. Guys just weren't used to the pace and moving their feet at that level. Uh, but you didn't see a lot of too many men's. I think... Um, I guess my opinion of it would be in that in Omaha's building, the benches are on opposite sides. And so every every play that gets dumped into a corner, typically one of the two teams is changing. And it just seemed like there was both sides of the ice have change action happening on them. Uh, whereas on our rink where the benches are on both sides or on the same side, sorry, um, just seems like it, it maybe gets more cluttered with and it, it's easier to hide maybe changes. Um, I'm not really sure because there's a lot of room on those benches. They're, they're real long benches. And I agree with you. There was there was a lot uh, called in the pod, more than you know, you've ever seen. And maybe it's also you're seeing every game. And so um, in a regular circumstance, you're not looking at every box score and, and noticing it. But I'd be curious to see the uh, the overall stats on the penalties and if there was – I would I'd be agreeing with you and that there would be a higher percentage that were too many men penalties. Do you like the the benches on opposite sides? Of course, it's not something that is going to cause a great mass restructuring across college hockey. So I guess I guess the opinion is is maybe a little uh, yeah frivolous. But do you like it? Is it? I do. Um, I like it because it it kind of eliminates the BS after the whistles. You know when. When the and I think it makes the linesman's jobs a lot easier for separating people, uh, because you know you have to separate at the halfway point of the rink and go to your separate benches. Where in our building and in every other building in the league, you can kind of the guy you're getting into it with, you can follow him all the way back to the bench area, and then you really don't have to separate until one guy gets to his bench and. At that time, the other players skating by our bench or we're skating by their bench and there's, you know, profanities being yelled and, and chirping going on. And so I think it eliminates a lot of that kind of BS after the whistle stuff um, that you can see take over and become a distraction in the game. That's probably the biggest thing you notice. So you notice too many men penalties, but you also notice less of that, which uh, which is nice. One of the only other rinks that I have been to that is like that was the club hockey rink at Ohio University. Mm. And the other thing they were known for was chuck-a-puck, which, of course, a lot of rinks do at the intermission when you'd have the foam puck and you chuck it closest to the center dot, wins the pot. They only had about six or seven rows there, and they used real pucks. Oh, wow. So that was very characteristic of that building as well. a little dangerous. (laughs) It was a lot of dangerous. There was a lot of dangerous in that building overall. 
but I guess it was nice they had the benches separated. Yeah. Um, as, as we wrap up looking at the first portion of the season, if you divide it that way, first half, second half, and again, you're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the David Carl head coach, Richard Nkitsia, Goodman head hockey coach, David Carl. That comes with the struggle of having a huge title. Uh, <laughs> Campus Lounge Coaches Show, Campus Lounge again, located at 701 South University Boulevard. As we wrap up talking about the first portion of the season, would be remiss if we didn't speak about the freshmen. Uh, they're in three of your top four scorers are freshmen. Um, just over 50% of your goals have been scored by freshmen. Are you surprised at all by how quickly acclimated to the college game? Was that maybe a byproduct of having 10 games in a condensed period, or is it a byproduct of having your crop of freshmen that are just really impressive? Yeah, probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, we've, we've tried to, again, put them into opportunities to have success to make impacts on the game um, in their own way, and Sav and uh, Mike Benning, uh, Carter Savoy, uh, they've done a really good job on the power play and, and being catalysts for us immediately in that regard, and um, have other parts of their game that need to continue to grow where we think they can make even more of an impact. And, um, you know, so we're, we're really excited for them. Uh, Capone's a guy who's contributed in his own way in finding a role and adding value in his physical play. Um, Webster's uh, puck pressure, second, third effort's been really good. And uh, Tuomiso's, you know, running, running the second unit on the power play and uh, continues to get better. So, there's uh there's a lot to like with the group and um we're obviously really excited that they're here i think the the 10 weeks of just practicing and training uh really did help them as well uh, gave them an opportunity to kind of get their feet wet here and acted as the summer quarter for them and they were able to hit the ground running uh come the pod so they're good players they're confident kids and and i think they've been put into positions to have success and, and that's what we're seeing Savoy with seven goals and four assists, Benning with one goal, six assists, Webster with three goals, two assists. They do not track hits, but that would be interesting to know for Capone's numbers and, of course, Reed Irwin making an impact, uh, getting in some games late in the pot as well. So certainly an impressive crop of freshmen. Usually we hear they're not freshmen after Christmas, I believe is the line. Um, Weird season, so you know where the question is going. Are they still freshmen at this point? Yeah, um, I I think so. I mean, it's um, you know we're probably halfway through the fourteen games and getting into a regular routine where we can start to talk about them maybe differently. But they're certainly playing in moments not like freshmen, and um, like I say they're good hockey players and they're confident kids, and I think they they understand the value that they add, and and we're like I said doing the best we can to put them into positions to have success and add that value to our roster that that is much needed. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver head coach, David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy. When we return, we will talk about the upcoming games, what the upcoming schedule looks like. We'll talk about a roster addition for the Pioneers and Bobby Brink, how he's performing at the World Junior Championship. That's ahead. You're listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show on ESPN Denver 1600. Let me tell you a thing or two about the people who don't compromise. They love Pepsi Zero Sugar. Why? because it's got all the flavor and zero the sugar. How's that for not compromising? They're the sort of person that likes surf with their turf. And the drink with their feast? Yeah, they have a Pepsi Zero Sugar. The person who doesn't compromise loves a good golden doodle. All the golden retriever goodness with just a hint of doodle. And when they're bringing said golden doodle for a walk, they bring a Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero sugar, done right. That's what I like. 
DU hockey fans, stop by Campus Lounge, legendary DU hockey bar and home of the David Carl Coaches Show. Take advantage of daily food and drink specials along with 12 TVs, a large outdoor seating area, and a great selection of food and drinks. Located just north of campus on University Boulevard, Campus Lounge is an official watch party location for your pioneers and has got you covered for all DU athletics. Be sure to follow us on social media and go Pios. Let's just try not to embarrass ourselves and everything will be fine. Is that a Pepsi Wild Cherry? Oh, no. <laughs> Too late. You know something, Steve? Flavor Mania is about to run wild. Oh, no, not Flavor Mania. <laughs> Pepsi Wild Cherry is about to drop a flavor suplex right into your pie hole. Not the pie it's going to hit your taste buds with a top rope elbow of flavor. It's going to be delicious. It's going to be refreshing. It's going to. Does this always have to happen when you drink Pepsi Wild Cherry? You better believe it, brother. Pepsi Wild Cherry, now available in zero sugar. That's what I like. We're back the Campus Lounge Coaches Show here on ESPN Denver 1600. I'm joined alongside the Denver Pioneer head coach, David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard, Denver, Colorado, 80209 for those plugging their zip codes into their phone just up the road from the Ritchie Center. Got to imagine there's lots listening to this show who do not need a reminder of where Campus Lounge is located. We teased before the break that we would talk about uh, the upcoming games and World Junior Championship, but I think the most pressing thing, the most interesting thing, is the fact that for the, the third time in the last four years, this program has added another player at the Christmas break. It's Jack Works, a forward. Uh, he was playing in Okotoks in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. Uh, six foot, 185 pounds. He was a all-star in the league last year. Had 92 points in 58 games on 43 goals and 49 assists. His career numbers in the AJHL, 65 goals, 60 assists, 152 PIMS in 118 games. So you got a player at the Christmas break. I guess the first question to go about it chronologically, how does that even happen? Uh, well, you know, Jack was an interesting one in that um, he's in the Alberta Junior League and Alberta is dealing with heavy COVID shutdowns right now. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure people saw it, but, I mean, they're, they're arresting kids for skating on outdoor rinks right now up in Alberta. So um, it's unfortunate. And uh, so Jack, uh, unfortunately, you know, he was skating around looking for outdoor rinks and uh, couldn't find any. And obviously what was going on uh, wasn't the safest for him to do that either. So uh, we started a dialogue uh, with the family, they're, they're, again, their league is completely shut down right now, the Alberta Junior League, and uh, hoping to start up here soon, working with the province um, on their protocols and such to, to be able to reopen safely and play games. But um, the likelihood of that happening, we, we didn't see as being very high. And um, Jack's a player that uh, scheduled to come in uh, next year. And with the NCAA uh, get, granting everybody an extra year of eligibility, uh, if he comes down this year, it doesn't cost him a year of eligibility. And so um, we felt like it was a really good opportunity for him uh, to come down for his development, uh, important piece to our recruiting class for next year um, that was going to come in or is coming in. And um, just felt like it was a really good opportunity for him. And, and obviously we only have 14 forwards, so we had the space. And so, yeah, we get in touch with his family, start talking about it. He's got to apply to get into school. Thankfully, he's got all that done for the most part uh, for next year. And it's 
really it's legal paperwork is, you know, visa, things like that with the, the government and getting all that, um, you know, taken care of. It was probably a two, three week process, but a lot of people did um, some real good work on our end to make it possible. And uh, he's down here, a player that, again, really good for his development, but also think that he can add some competitiveness and um, some scoring to our lineup. He's real good on faceoffs. Uh, obviously can score, did it at the junior level. Not sure that we'll see him uh, this weekend, but he will uh, be inserted into our lineup here at some point. But he just got on the ice with us on Monday. Uh, he hasn't been on the ice for about a month. So trying to get him up to speed as much as possible and uh, really excited that he's here. He gets you to 15 forwards, which you've traditionally carried in the past as well. When you build your roster out at the beginning of the season, do you have you have you started building for the idea of maybe adding a player at Christmas? Because it seems like this has happened. Well, it has happened three times in the last four years here. Um, no, you don't. You know, you don't go into the year thinking that you're going to add. Um, I think circumstances present themselves that that warrant maybe an addition, and certainly this year's addition. COVID being responsible for a lot of it and then the fact uh, that we only had 14 forwards it was something that was maybe in the back of our minds um, going into the year that maybe could happen Um, but no it's not something we plan to do um, every year and uh, but really fortunate that it worked out. We have a six-week break from fall to winter quarter, so we have a little bit more time than most to be able to pull something like this off. And like I said, real kudos to our compliance office here, um, people in admissions, the International House, to be able to make this happen and, and get Jack down here in a real timely manner um, so that he can start classes on the 14th. And like I say, he's eligible to be in games starting this weekend. North Dakota uh, did the same exact thing, actually, with a player from Jack's team as well. And yep. I would pronounce his name, but I can't. Yeah, I've tried, but I don't want to mess it up myself either. But it's, it's got to be a little bit of a tip of the cap, though, right? Yeah, followed your move. I yeah, mean. yeah, I'm sure they were doing it too, as yeah, we yeah. were. But um, you know, I, I do know it's happening. Um, you know, we've we've heard it's happening a lot in college basketball, um, where things are maybe shut down. And um, again, if if kids aren't able to even practice or get in the weight room, you know, getting them down here is, I think, what's best for their development. And obviously it's going to be best for, for us in the long term. So now Jack has got a lay of the land um, before starting his freshman, technically his freshman year next year. So um, really good setup. Obviously thankful the NCAA to give everybody an extra year and um, doing the best we can to, to manipulate the system and take advantage of it. Sounds like it was a heck of an introduction for him as well. I had the opportunity to catch up with him earlier this morning, and he said, of course, yesterday being his first practice, he said it was a, he was a little bit gassed because he hasn't had a normal practice in some time. And then I asked if he had a lift with Shazi, Matt Shaw, and he did have that as well, and that was almost the same gasp. So those two things combined, it's, uh, he probably got a lot of sleep last night and probably will for the next couple weeks, we'd yes. imagine. Listening to the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Hockey Head Coach David Carl. My name is Matthew McGreevy. Campus Lounge located at 701 South University Boulevard. We look at the upcoming games this weekend. Of course, a home-and-home set against Colorado College. Both games at 707, airing on ESPN Denver 1600. Jay Stickney will have the calls of those. And then the following weekend, January 8th and 9th, it's a home-and-home again, except the locations are flipped where you will play Friday's game at home at Magnus Arena and Saturday's game on the road at Colorado College. And both those games next weekend will be on 104.3 The Fan. 
It's peculiar, I won't even try it again. New tongue, won't try it again. It's odd, we'll go there, that you're playing the same team four times in a row. In fact, you played Omaha four straight. That was the last time back in 15-16. But that was a situation where you were playing Omaha in part for the first round of the NCHC playoff series. And it just so happened that your second regular season matchup against them came on the heels of the regular season ending. Playing the same team four times in a row, what does that? What does the prep look like? Is it is it just less prep? Is it more go out there and work? And if that's the case, is that exactly what you need right now with this team? Yeah, I mean, I think we're we're spending this week as a regular week, you know, uh, preparing for what we normally would uh, for an upcoming opponent. Um, and then next week, you know, we may make some some adjustments to our practice based on adjustments we want to make in the games and such but i think next week is where it'll be a little bit more unique and different i don't see this week being affected um too much by it as we get into a regular preparation week um as we normally would with our with our practice structure on monday tuesday wednesday and thursday but next week certainly could be um a little bit different having playing them two weeks in a row I wanted to ask about this, but I guess right as I'm about to ask about it, I realized that it's almost the exact same situation that you have here. But playing the same team so many times, the NHL just announcing that they're going to move forward with their eight-slash-seven-team divisions for this season, and they're just going to play their divisional opponents. Um, what, do you, what do you think about that idea? Is that, uh, what, do you, what do you think that could create for the game? I guess it's a little bit of an aside, but it, it ties in. Yeah, I mean, I think... Yeah, and you're seeing that everybody's conference only this year in in college hockey, and so uh, you don't get the out-of-conference play, and in the NHL you're not going to get the out-of-divisional play. Uh, You're going to get to know teams really well. They're going to get to know you, and um, it's going to create a different level, I think, of competitiveness and some rivalries, and you're going to learn to to hate some people that you're playing. And so um, it is interesting, too, in the NHL, I I believe they're doing back-to-back games um, you know, when teams go into a certain venue, they're going to do back-to-back or they're going to play and do an off night and then play again. So they're going to play the same team back-to-back in the same venue, which is different, unique. And I think some teams are even starting not in their uh, in their own home venues. So it's going to be a really odd year uh, in the NHL, but I think similar to us, there, there's going to be some gratitude and thankfulness that they're, that they're at least playing hockey. And um, It'd be a good year for fans, something different for us to get excited about watching the NHL. We're real happy and excited that they are getting going because, you know, we need we need the NHL, we need the NFL, we need pro sports to be going to, to lead the way for college athletics to, to be able to do it as well. Right on the heels of that, we should mention the, the schedule change. Speaking of the back-to-back games, uh, you know, the schedule changes for Denver that came out earlier this week. Uh, the Omaha series that were there were two Omaha three game series left on the schedule. They've both been reduced to two game series that will now be played on that Friday and Saturday, still covering that same weekend. So those are the only changes there. And last thing I wanted to ask you about here, uh, Bobby Brink playing at World Juniors. He's a second year player there. He put up, I believe, five points for him. Uh, or Perhaps it was three points in five games. Good work by the media guy. I'll get that answer uh, last year. But this year, off to a good start. Two goals, one assist. Through three games, uh, U.S. coming off a big 7-0 win earlier this afternoon. They'll play again Thursday against the Swedes. How exciting uh, for you as a coach, and especially as a coach of Denver, is it to have Bobby Brink performing at the highest level and hopefully bringing that same energy back to your team when he's able to return? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we want Bob playing to the highest level possible. And for him to to be contributing to that team and helping them win hockey games is is a good sign for, for our group, but also really good for the group up there. I mean, he's he's a returning player. I think he's one of six or seven that's returned. And so they, they need him to be one of their best players. And, um, you know, didn't wasn't able to watch the game today, but saw the goals of just both at the net front, really gritty goals of, of him finishing at the paint and being able to put some in. He had some chances um, in the Russia game as well that, that I thought uh, he attacked well and, and, like I say, generated. It didn't make the finishing play, but you can tell it's coming for him. And so, um, again, hopefully it bodes well for the U.S.'s tournament chances and um, and obviously him coming back to us. Typically guys come back from these championships and they are more confident and their their games are going pretty good. And so uh, we look forward to having Bob back in our lineup. He's he's a difference maker for us and, and someone that we certainly will need um, to help dig us out of the hole we're in. Bobby Brink with a goal and an assist in five games at World Juniors last year. Well, that'll do it for the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with the Denver Pioneers head coach, David Carl. Campus Lounge, again, located at 701 South University Boulevard. My name is Matthew McGreevy, D.C. Thanks so much for joining. Looking forward to another week. Awesome. Thank you. Pioneers at it this weekend, January 1st at Colorado College. Puck drop at 7.07 on ESPN Denver. And then the following night, Saturday, at home at Magnus Arena. And at game two, 707 on ESPN Denver 1600. We thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.